brand new episode and a new year guys welcome to fourth cut reviews i'm your host ej leeson and with me today is one of my best friends in the whole world the coolest dude i know his karate sucks but he's a he's a nice guy ladies and gentlemen welcome chris conforti what's going on dude yeah not too much how about you dude <laughs> nothing much i thought you were gonna have some crazy retort about your karate being better, but I guess not. I don't know. I mean, it's probably better than yours, but no way. Still. I, I'm a, I'm yeah, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> but got, ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about a brand new movie that just came out. It's available to stream on HBO Max. I believe it's in theaters as well. But yeah, today we are talking about Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah, I was actually excited about uh, I was excited about doing this. You know, it's a uh, we haven't really gotten a chance. I feel like to do many new movies because a lot of new movies don't come out with, of course, right. the pandemic. So it was always it was it was something nice to, um, you know, be able to review a new movie instead of some of the other ones that we've been doing, which are older movies. Which is there's no problem with that. We enjoy doing that. But it's always nice to get a new movie, right? It's a new, fresh movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was so cool when you were like, dude, let's do Wonder Woman. I was so down. I was like, oh, my gosh, that would be so cool to do. Because um, I was really looking forward to this movie since the first one. Because <laughs> I loved the first Wonder Woman movie so much. So when they announced the sequel, I was totally on board and so when you were like let's do this movie i i was like yes please <laughs> so, uh, I, so I, I watched it i was the first person to watch this one yes and... yeah so you watched it first and then um and then i just watched it two nights ago um and for those who don't know at home the movie has the returning director from the first one patty jenkins and the story is written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. Um, and those who aren't familiar with Jeff Johns, uh, he's actually one of my favorite comic book writers of all time. <laughs> Easily, <laughs> probably, like, for sure my favorite comic book writer. I love all the stuff he did with Green Lantern, The Flash, um, Booster Gold. Uh, <laughs> so, he to me, he's... Uh, he did the whole Blackest Night storyline for Green Lantern, Flash Rebirth, and uh, all the all the stuff you love about the Flash TV show. That was like basically Jeff Johns, like stuff they took from his storylines. Um, but yeah, so Chris, let's go into this movie. So why don't you start us off? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Where to, where to begin? So I guess we we'll we'll start in the prologue to this film so 
this film was announced and immediately, of course, I loved the first one. I didn't know what anybody's opinion was on the first one when I actually saw it. And I ended up loving it. I thought it was like one of the best superhero movies that I've actually seen. Yes. So my anticipation for this one is definitely high. Now, my anticipation with it dwindled a little bit with the news of uh, Chris Pine returning. And I remember talking to you and I'm like, I don't really like that because this character really had a fitting conclusion in that first movie. Like it it felt like it meant something. And if that was the last time I saw the character, which it should have been, that was how I would like to remember him doing that big sacrifice. So I thought that that was going to be the problem with this movie, or at least that I would have with this movie. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem that I thought I would have. And then I kept seeing like little things added in here and there. And I'm like, all right, you know, Pedro Pascal's in it, and I think he's an excellent actor. So my my yes. my my intrigue heightens a little bit, but my my main problem that I thought I would still have, which is going to be Chris Pine, because dying in a big explosion in World War One seems kind of <laughs> seems kind of permanent. <laughs> yeah, seems a little seems a little hard to walk away from, uh, <laughs> unless you're like a superhero. But uh, yeah, no, I totally would agree. That was one thing that I was really unsure of. Like, how would they be able to bring them back? Um, and, uh, what now, happens with a lot of these movies? And this is what I was worried about with this here. And I think to some extent, it, it is the truth. With a lot of these movies, when they film their first one, they really like an actor. They like working with them. They like being around yeah. them. And I don't know if that's the case here, but from all accounts that I've heard of, Chris Pine's a really nice guy. So it seems likely to me that maybe Patty Jenkins like a maybe Gold Godot liked him. And they're like, oh, well, we have to do this again with Chris Pine. But yeah, his death seemed kind of permanent in this one. And they found out a way to bring him back in this one. And I just don't know what I think of it, to be honest. Of him coming back? Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, I didn't want, I don't want to see him again. Like I didn't <laughs> want to see him again. Like that was a, that was a great character, a great conclusion, and I think that they just liked him so much they had to bring him back for this one. And I'm still unsure on how I feel about it. But, but that's not my issue with this movie. We'll talk about that though. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because, <laughs> I my reaction before seeing the movie, I was skeptical. Watching the movie and seeing how they did it, how he came back because of a wish, right? But it wasn't him specifically. It was him in a different body, but they used the imagery of Chris Pine on someone else's body, basically, for the audience. And I actually liked it. It was probably one of the better parts of the movie for me. Because their relationship is outstanding. And the way, you know, towards the end, when they say their goodbyes, is this like too much of a spoiler? I don't know. <laughs> I but No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean... No, I think anyone that listened... I, I would say, okay, first off, if you're listening to this, go watch the movie first. And then you can come back and you can listen to this. Because I, I do want to get into some of the spoilers because... Uh, or, you know, bigger things about it. Because to me, 
that final scene between them is probably one of my favorite scenes that I've watched this year. They're, they're like goodbye. Um, it really had that emotional weight. <laughs> it was so good that I loved how, you know, they kind of exchanged that last kiss and she kind of walks away from him and doesn't look back. And you hear him say something. I have like, I always watch movies. If I'm home, I always have like the subtitles on. Right. And so I have that on and he's like, I'll, I'll never forget you, Diana. You know, like it was so, Oh my God. It was so good. So heart wrenching. Um, and it was that whole, uh, I you know, loved it. Do you know what was heart wrenching? Do you know what was heart wrenching? When he died the first one. Oh, I know. I know. That was like heart wrenching. Like I, I don't like, I, I don't know. For me, I didn't like it. I just thought it was a fitting conclusion to him. I, but I actually agree with you in terms of Chris Pine. I thought that Chris Pine was going to be the problem that I would have with this movie, but he, he really isn't. I mean, granted, I still don't no. think they should have brought him back, but he's not the problem with the movie. The problem is other things around this. Yeah, I I, I think I can agree, Like, because you kind of told me one of your issues was the pacing, and maybe it was like too long. Um, it's, it's definitely agree. long. It's like, what is it, two hours and 37 minutes or something like that? Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. Like, I, I actually think the the pacing and there's probably some stuff that you can, like, edit down a little bit to get it near a two-hour mark. Exactly, that was my... You've always said, like, one thing I do want to note, like, one thing Chris always talks about, uh, the comparison between... DC movies and Marvel, right? You always say D- DC makes the like actual movies. Yes. Right. And Marvel, it's kind of like a part of the movie that you're seeing. It's never like a full story, right? Like you're only seeing like parts of stuff. Yeah. Um, and Mar, like you always say, Marvel has a better cinematic universe, but DC makes the better films. And historically, if you look at this, historically, yeah, right. Um, as far as like you know, the Dark Knight and the original know, Batman, Superman. like the like the right. the two Batmans, like the Tim Burton Batmans. Yeah, I, I yeah. DC makes movies. Marvel has a better cinematic universe when everything just kind of ties in on the broad spectrum. Right, and so obviously, like movies like The Joker, which won an Oscar. <laughs> You know, like for best actor. And then you have Heath Ledger, who was in The Dark Knight, won an Oscar. Jack Nicholson was nominated. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's all this stuff that you're right. Like all these movies definitely are made. uh, DC has a a good grasp. So when I was watching Wonder Woman 84, I was thinking, okay, it's not um, a a DC extended universe movie. It's just like... a movie, right? Just watch it as a movie. Yeah. And not in comparison to other stuff. And I think if you just watch it as a movie, it's incredible. Like it's really, really good. Like if you if it was just a standalone shot, I think a lot of people would walk away like, wow, this was really good. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think people are approaching maybe watching it as um 
the DC Extended Universe or like a sequel and they're like, oh, this is disappointing. This is bad. You know what I mean? It doesn't tie into other DC stuff. It, you know, it, it kind of... Well, that's not my problem with it, though. My problem is... Oh, no, no. I No, but I'm just saying, like, I'm using your... When I was watching it, I kind of used your, your methodology of watching the movie. Like, your your theory of DC, mm-hmm. what, like, makes movies. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, this is a good movie. I do think there are pacing issues, but if you just watch it as a standalone story, I think you could walk out of it going like, oh, actually, that's a great movie, you know? I have a little bit of a different take on it. Uh, yeah. One, but I, I remember telling you this before. I, I feel like if I was the editor and I could cut out maybe like 40 minutes of stuff, I think yeah. somewhere in that 40 minutes, there's like a really good movie. Now, my problem with the, yeah. the first Wonder Woman is that the third act is a little meh. This one, it's like the second act is like really rough because they show the, the villain and, oh man, his, I know his name any other time. I know it's Pedro Pascal, but the... Uh, oh, Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord, yeah. He's in the the original Supergirl episode um, or the original Supergirl season. I know it any other time, but they show him doing the same exact thing like 20 times. And it takes up maybe about 40 minutes worth. And at a certain point to me as a film goer, if you keep showing me the same thing again, if they showed it maybe like twice, right? Like I could use my imagination and I could go, okay, this guy's getting a little bit further crazy. He's getting crazier and crazier. But they show you it like him doing the same thing about five to six scenes that literally might take about 40 minutes if you combine them all. I understand why they did it, what they were going for, but at a certain point, I feel like you have to trust the moviegoer to really formulate yeah. that conclusion. Like we know he's going nuts. You don't have to, you don't have to beat the dead horse or beat our faces in with it. Right. That was an. And I totally, I agree. Yeah, I can agree with that. And the music. I, I do like, like, where's the music? Like that was the other thing. Oh. Where was that music that I loved? I didn't get that. Wow. Like, where was that? Yeah. It was just like, um, no offense to the composer, whoever did it. I'm not sure if it is the same composer, but I didn't, I didn't come out of that. Like, there wasn't a scene that, like, like the first Wonder Woman had the amazing no man's land scene. And I, what, what was the scene in this? Like, I didn't, there really wasn't a scene. Um, <laughs> well, I, I thought, no, there, there were a couple, like the highway scene. Um, with like the tanks, uh, not tanks, but you know the. Um, do you think people are gonna come out militia? of? Do you think people are gonna come out of that movie and go, "Oh wow, the highway tanks," like they did with the first one? I don't think so. Everybody I know, yeah, is talking about the no man's land scene. I don't hear anybody yeah. talking about any scene in this movie, and I know a lot of people that actually have seen this movie, and they're not talking about that scene. Actually, what they're mostly talking about is the the movie appears to be a Wonder Woman movie without a lot of Wonder Woman in it. <laughs> I can see, yeah, yeah. But I, if, if this I is, don't know. If this I, was the first movie. I guess this is how I would say it. If this was like the first movie that I was seeing, I would have guessed yeah. that Pedro Pascal would have been first on the credit sheet before 
Gal Gadot. I, I'm curious to see like if there's a screen time list of who has more screen time. Because I would be willing to wager is probably Pedro Pascal. I would bet that he probably, <laughs> probably. has more <laughs> screen time in this than Gal Gadot has. Yeah, I mean, he first off, I I have no complaints about Pedro Pascal, uh, like Maxwell Lord. I his performance in this was probably my favorite Pedro Pascal thing ever. I I thought he was phenomenal. Um, oh, no, no disagreements. Then, Kristen Wiig was amazing. I I was so she was phenomenal. She was so good. Um, <laughs> Chris Pine was great. I I don't know. Like I felt like they were the whole cast, yeah. I liked everything. Like the acting was great. I thought everybody had put on a great performance. And even though you're right, like there didn't seem hmm. There wasn't enough gal. Well, there wasn't enough Diana in it. And most of the scenes that she does have is with Chris Pine, right? Yeah. Um but she does have like that great like acting moment towards the end, um, like their final scene together. That was so incredible. And like I said, it's probably one of my favorite <laughs> scenes ever. Like I, I really, really loved it. It was so touching and so heart wrenching. And you know, it, it's their last goodbye. That was it. You know what I mean? There, there was no they wouldn't see each other again and they know it, you know yeah. what I mean? And one of the things, like if you made a wish, um, there's a draw to it. And so her thing was, she was losing her powers. And so he was like, you have to give me up. You have to save the world. Like you, you have to do it. And she's like, no, 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 there's gotta be another way. Because early on, he kind of says it, too. Like, he's he's the one that throws it out. Like, you have to undo your wish. You can't... You have to say goodbye. And she's like, no, no, no. We got to find another way. Right? Yeah. Um, and eventually, it comes to that point. And, and that's what I love about Jeff John's writing. Because, um, well, both of them, they did a great job with this. That beginning scene... I was like, I don't know what this is for, right? Like, oh, why is this in here? This is pretty long. But to me, then, like, thinking about the movie, I was like, oh, this establishes the whole plot of the movie. That opening segment where she's a kid. Yeah. Right? And how you can't take shortcuts in life. Like, Maxwell Lord using the thing to make wishes was taking shortcuts in life. And she took a shortcut right during that um game and she lost like she threw away an honorable win right because she was stopped like she's like oh you can't do that you have to like win by being a true warrior and doing things that are true like asteria yeah and it, it sets up like the golden armor and so later on that's what that like it it represents like that's how she kind of saves the day and gets through to everyone is by saying you can't take shortcuts in life. You have to actually do the right thing. This was and this so, movie was kind of like, it, it's, it's like weird. So it's like thinking about it now, it's like four movies that you've already seen rush together in this one movie, because there's definitely 
uh, Batman Returns elements to definitely Batman Returns comparisons to Kristen Wiig's character and Selena Kyle. One, they even look like they even dress the same. There's definitely Spider-Man references in this. Just thinking about now, of course, there's Wonder Woman, but there's a little bit of Batman Forever in here, too, I feel like, in terms of how they, 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 like, Jim Carrey's, like, little minds trick type thing that he has. <laughs> yeah, 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 where he's, like, broadcasting to all Exactly, of and this is, this is pretty um, much, like, thinking about it now, I'm like, this is pretty much the same thing, the same concept as they tried in Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like yeah movies of course including throwing in wonder woman into one and ah i just i don't know that it works i just i it, it's definitely not as good as the first one i i couldn't give it a it's it's okay it's not bad it's just not it's not right. particularly it's not particularly a movie that i'm gonna be like oh yeah this is like one of dc's best movies I'm not going to say that. That I do like that they lightened up her costume a lot, like her her outfit. I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I I thought that that was really good. And like I said, I thought Escal was great. This movie looked amazing. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because my problem yeah. wasn't the acting in it; it was more or less the oversaturation of Pedro Pascal in this movie that I feel really just boggled down the pacing, and it just kind of made a mess for me. And I was hoping that yeah. it didn't. I was really yeah. excited to see it. Like I said, I thought that my problem was going to be Chris Pine in it. And it turns out Chris Pine wasn't my issue with it. It was really all the other stuff going on around Chris Pine. I don't care about like the DC Extended Universe or anything like that. I My right. my thing was just as a, 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 watching it as a movie, the pacing was just all over the place. And just at, at one time, I, I literally like said to myself, they're going to show me at least one or two more scenes of him doing the exact same thing. And also the other thing I didn't like too. Now there, there's one other thing I didn't like. I don't like how far it got that. I did not like, I did not like how far Pedro Pascal was able to take it. Eventually it just got, started to get a little bit. Okay. It got a whole lot of cheddar cheese in it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I he got all the way up to the president and I'm like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know I can agree. I feel like sometimes they they put world ending issues in all these comic book movies, right? Like it's the end of the world. Not Batman so much. Like you don't get that with the good Batman movies, yeah. but like you get it with um, a lot of like Marvel movies. Like oh, if we don't stop this, it's the end of the world, <laughs> or you know what I mean. So. Um, and DC too, unfortunately, um, is kind of doing it a little bit with their films now. Sometimes and it so makes sense. Sometimes... sometimes it makes sense where you can do something like that, but a lot of times it, it it really doesn't make sense if it's not like something that I can buy, right? Like I, I if I could buy that, it makes sense. Okay, sure. That's why a lot of times the Batman <sighs> movies are a lot better because they're usually grounded in some type of location right like it's usually just gotham city where some of these movies like if you want to say superman right like i i kind of i can get superman because these are these are extraterrestrials coming out that don't care about humans at all so they'll just wipe them out but then you start doing like like marvel does which i'm going to catch a lot of flack here from marvel guys 
They use the same cookie cutter formula in every single one of their movies. The movies are the exact same. Every one of them are the same. And they do like every individual movie has like this end of the world type thing that they do. Which right. I mean it works if like you know, like um Endgame and Infinity War. It works for that. But yeah, like, the Spider-Man movies don't do it as much, you know what I mean? Like, Spider-Man movies are kind of, like, like Homecoming, it was grounded. more, like, him just stopping. Right, they're a little more grounded. Like, I and I think that's why people love Spider-Man, because it is grounded, yeah. you know? But, you, you know, like, a lot of the other movies, yeah, they it's all about, well, the first Thor. I love the first Thor. It wasn't world-ending. It was just, like, a self-contained small-town story. Exactly. Right? And it's the first Thor is like one of my favorite movies. So I don't know. I, I do think sometimes you don't have to go for that end of the world vibe. You could you could have it like a self-contained, um, like smaller. It means story, more, you know, and it's still it good. Means more. Yeah. Like if it's more character based then people are going to love it. And that's my, you know? my problem so. with this movie is one they do it too many times, like I said before. But I, I think for me, another major problem is just how far he got. Like, the fact that they kept doing it and the fact that he literally was able to convince President Reagan to do this and it kept going. I'm like, what? Like, where are we going from here? Right. No, and I, I, dude, I, I totally agree. Um. Now, with that being said, right, what would you give this movie a rating? Like, what would you rate this movie? Oh, I don't think you're going to like this one. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I don't think you're going to really? like this one. I've given it a solid 5.1. Yeah. Oh, I, I did not expect it's, that. It's yeah. not a bad movie, but it's not a particularly great movie. I don't know that I'm going to revisit the movie. Maybe, maybe one day in the future, if I want to... You know, I just finished watching Wonder Woman and I go, oh, yeah, maybe I'll check out the second one or maybe they make a third one and maybe it ties it in a little bit more. Maybe I'll like it a little bit more. But I mean, the the pacing in the movie is just sometimes it's just really hard to get through. So I didn't like it. I didn't like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just okay. Yeah, it's not one. It's not one of DC's best movies, in my opinion, as a totality yeah. of them, including you know the Reeves Batman, the Ke- or the Reeves Superman, the Keaton Batmans, and as a totality, it's not in my top five. I can yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you that. So yeah, that's that's where I'm going. Okay, interesting. Yeah, no. So to me, my biggest issues are the pacing, right? Um, and I kind of wish they used more 80s music, but yeah, one of my biggest gripes with it would be, uh, the lack of 80s music. The lack of 80s at all, (laughs) other than Reagan. Like, there's no references or anything in it. Well, the style and stuff is great. Like, all the different styles that they had throughout the movie, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, the mall. The mall was great. It felt like an 80s movie when I was watching that mall scene. But, uh, yeah, the lack of 80s music, they could have probably spiced that up a little bit. (laughs) Um, And the pacing. But as far as the story goes, 
the acting, uh, the cinematography. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to give this movie a 7.0. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely way higher than yeah. than I would be willing to go. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I know um, a lot of people disliked it from what I've seen on, like, Facebook and Twitter. But, like, there are a lot of things that I love about it. So, yeah, I would I would definitely rewatch this movie. And, and the more I thought of it, too, the more I liked it. So, I probably would have gone even higher. I, I, I do, It's one of those movies, if you watch... I do think if you, like, watch this movie again, that it would it would definitely kind of um, benefit you because I think on that second viewing or third viewing, you would probably like it more and more. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Typically my problems with pacing doesn't go away. Typically. If I have a problem with the pacing, that typically doesn't go away. A lot of times it's, it's, it can improve based on story. I don't really see this movie for me improving on story. A lot of times if I see it the first time, I'm like, oh yeah, that was okay. And then I saw it the second time, I start paying a little bit more attention to it. Then it could kind of go up a mm-hmm. few points. But typically if I have a problem with pacing, I don't know that a second viewing is going to benefit me. Actually, a lot of times it works yeah. opposite. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. So, so you have my rating, we have your rating, mm-hmm. and now we're, we're going to do Chris. That was going to be another segment that we had which was going to be Chris and EJ versus Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's do it. Rotten Tomatoes gave us a 60% fresh. Ooh, all right. So not bad. I feel like that that might fall kind of in line with what you think. I feel like in a grand scheme of things that would probably fit right along with like a 7. It's, I don't think it'd yeah. be like a it's close to us. I I'm guessing if well, they do like the the rotten scale too. So, but I would say like yeah. a sixty percent in our ranking would be kind of like a seven. It's okay. definitely a little higher yeah. than what I I would give it if I was doing. To be honest, I'd probably do. It, you know, right? I I would say it it falls right in between the two of us because you're like fifty out of five. The rating. Rotten Tomatoes is a 60, which would be like a 6, and then I gave it a 70, you know, like, you know, with my 7. So, like, like, I do feel like it's right in between. Yeah, it's like right in between somewhere of what we're saying. So, we're not, we're actually not, I I know you and I, we're, we're, a lot of times we're way in disagreement with Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't seem like this movie will be one of those issues. Yeah, right. Because there's uh, sometimes they just like dog a movie that for no reason other than (laughs) they just didn't care about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or it's a comedy, so they just are like, oh, this this, this sucks. (laughs) Like, I what, like, MacGruber is probably like a 10%, and it's probably one of the funniest movies of all time. Okay, so with that being said, dude, do you have any plugs that you want to throw out? Well, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at fourth cut reviews you could also follow us on twitter we're trying to get a little bit more of a presence on that platform 
My friends, Darren and Mare, they have a Civil War podcast. They discuss everything about the American Civil War. If you guys want to check that out, it's called the Civil War Breakfast Club. And it's, good, it's a good podcast. You'll learn a lot of a lot of cool things. It's set up more. And then they have like their chats on Saturday, which is kind of like kind of like an informal pub talk type uh, setting. So, yeah, if you guys want, check that out. And I'm just happy to be back and doing it again with you i know me too i'm so happy to be back and doing the podcast again man i'm so pumped um me too what do you have to play? yeah I, I, yes of course i got a couple things i want to talk about oh god <laughs> um first off i do a podcast called river dudes and you could find that on applecast or wherever you listen to podcasts in that river dudes I host with my pal Ross. Also, Chris Conforti will pop on there once in a while. And we talk about the show Riverdale, um, which is, I love that show. And I love Archie Comics. So it's right up my alley. So if you guys like the show or Archie Comics, check it out. Um, Also, my best friend, Adam Farley, check out his music. It's anywhere you listen to music, basically Spotify, iTunes, Um, he's a mixture of like hip hop, pop, and a little bit of rock and roll. Um, so definitely check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, Chris, I think that would be it, buddy. Okay, everyone. Thank you again for listening to Fourth Cut Reviews. I'm Chris. That's my co-host, EJ. I'm Sean Cannon from the Karate Kid 3. Yeah, that's right. The third one. The one no one liked. God. I couldn't take any more of these idiots talking, so I beat the crap out of them. Thank you, and good night.